Yes, 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 people. We're easing into this week's echo chamber with a little Mike Geromino. Before we get into this week's films, let's take a look at the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 8th to the 10th of August. So at number 10, we have Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. At number 9, we have The Vigil. At number 8, it's The Greatest Showman. At number 7, we got Trolls World Tour, people. At number 6, hey, it's Jurassic Park. At number 5, we have Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. At number 4, we've got An American Pickle. At number three is 100% Wolf. At number two, we have Onward. And at number one this week, we have Unhinged. So, yeah, obviously, we're not fully, you know what I mean? Things are still kind of weird, right? So we've got old films, a few new ones sprinkled in. But at least cinemas are back open, right, people? But before we get into this week's film, let's check out a little information. And, yeah, and then we can get into the nitty-gritty of things, okay? All right, cool. Sit back and chill, people. Okay, film fans. This will be of interest to you. Today, Cinema Showtime, an Indiegogo crowdfunding multimedia project designed to reunite film fans following the coronavirus lockdown, has launched. They will be working in partnership with Medi Cinema, the charity that brings the magic of film to hospitals. Cinema Showtime is a project that is looking forward to a time when re- restrictions are lifted and we can start going and doing what we love again going to the pictures it is looking forward to a time when we can watch rescheduled movies that we have been waiting to see for months on the big screen with our friends. The current guidelines suggest that we can expect to see cinemas reopen to the public from July the 4th. Perhaps that will be our own Independence Day. (laughs) What the Cinema Showtime project involves production and distribution of a free glossy magazine written by film experts and packed with the ultimate preview of every movie being released between November the 20th and August the 23rd. Sorry, that's November 2020 to August 2021. This will include the latest release dates, info, features, interviews and more, staging a one-off live event in a prominent London venue called Cinema Showtime Live that fans and contributors will be invited to attend. This will include a fan lottery with 
incredible prizes and money can't buy merchandise and experiences also creating an online site and newsletter that celebrates the return of cinema with up-to-the-minute news and information production unique and exclusive merchandise to tie in with the event and film releases and also 10% of all contributions and money raised will go to the charity MediCinema to assist with their work. The teams behind Cinema Showtime, Creative Path Group Limited, Strike Media Limited and My Film Club will be monitoring the latest coronavirus guidelines to ensure that what is planned will be sensible and time sensitive. The first glossy magazine is currently scheduled for October. As this proceeds, a number of major rescheduled movie releases for November onwards. These include No Time to Die, Black Widow, Soul, Free Guy, Peter Rabbit 2, Fast and the Furious 9, Top Gun Maverick, Coming to America 2, The Tomorrow War, Venom 2 and many more. Medi Cinema is a registered UK charity that builds and runs state-of-the-art cinemas in NHS hospitals which accommodate beds and medical equipment. They work to help improve patient well-being, resilience and recovery through the power of film and the shared cinema experience. Currently, their cinemas are suspended just like all regular cinemas across the country instead they are providing a free movie channel for patients to access at their bedsides during the long periods of isolation that come with restricted visiting hours we are raising money for them to keep these services running and to ensure their in-hospital cinemas can reopen when it is safe to do so um The MediCinema CEO, Kat Mason, said, We all miss being able to go out to see a film with friends and for our NHS patients who are more isolated than ever and not able to visit our in-hospital cinemas. It is even harder. This is such a wonderful initiative. Uh, We are so grateful for Cinema Showtime support, which will help ensure that our cinemas will reopen and that patients can once again have a break from the wards and their conditions to do what used to feel normal to all of us. To go and watch a great film. Alright, so check out the links in this episode's information on how you can get involved with uh, Cinema Showtime. Great stuff. Okay, people, so if you're a fan of nostalgia and, uh, yeah, you'd love to travel back to, um, you know, those golden ages of the 60s, then this could very well be for you. Because it's back. That's right, people. The swinging 60s are back. 
Because July the 29th marked the launch date of a new streaming service called Network On Air Yep, that's right, it's available via watch.networkonair.com The new service offers TV fans a unique nostalgic experience where TV meets streaming with a selection of time travel nights in. Network on air available um, in the UK and Ireland enables nostalgia fans old and new the opportunity to rent specially curated nights in and collected series from abc television which broadcast in the midlands and northern england between 1956 and 1968 many of these programs have not been seen since their original broadcast Nighting consists of four to six hours of exclusively curated programming, including specially recorded new linking material from David Hamilton, um, clips and contemporary ads. Nights in are entirely remastered in the best possible quality. Platform viewers will enjoy a truly vintage viewing experience. It is time travel TV. These nights in will be made available alongside accompanying series to launch the service. Titles include Dial 999, Big Night Out, Armchair Theatre, and the Bruce Forsyth Show. On top of this, various special documentaries can be found, including one on Michael Caine, available exclusively via the second night in episode. Original ABC announcer David Hamilton says... In October 1960, I made my television debut as an announcer for ABC TV at the Disbury Studios in Manchester. In those days, there were only two TV channels, BBC and ITV. ABC, the weekend contractor in the North and Midlands, had a blockbuster schedule and people went to work on Monday mornings talking about the programmes they had all seen the night before. Something that couldn't happen today, truly a golden era of television. The first night entitled Welcome Once Again to Manchester includes... Here's David Nixon, episode 1, Dial 999, The Great Gold Robbery, Opportunity Knocks, Big Night Out, The ABC of ABC, The Channel's 10-Year Anniversary Special, Armchair Theatre, A Very Fine Line, and Surprise Bonus Shows. Nights in which include 6 to Four to six hours of programming presented as an evening of television, a priced at three ninety nine for the first three, which uh, with future nights in at four ninety nine. People can also rent hand picked collections of episodes from their favorite series for six ninety nine. 
including over nine hours of golden TV nostalgic viewing. On top of this, users will have 28 days to watch the content from purchase. The content itself is available for a limited time only on the platform. So, if you want to check it out, make sure you go do it soon. With their new on-demand service, Network literally goes on air. Boom, people. There it is. So, if you want to time travel all the way back, go do it via watch.networkonair.com. Okay, film fans, this is huge news. So, the Fantasia International Film Festival will be celebrating its 24th year. It's 24th edition. But due to current situations, this will be a virtual event accessible to movie lovers across Canada and the world, I imagine. It's going to have a wild assortment of scheduled screenings, panels and workshops taking place online from the 20th of August all the way through to the 2nd of September. So they decided to launch it as a, a digital edition, um, you know, because they wanted to keep health and safety of attendees to, you know, a maximum. Right, so um, you know, that's a big thing, but you will still get to enjoy all the things that you have become accustomed to and love about the festival itself. And um, yeah, they are not scrimping. So this year's festival is going to be opening with uh Neil Marshall's new film That's right people Neil Marshall Will be having his new Cinematic powerhouse The Reckoning Opening the festival Right so um, the film is a poignant And horrific period Thriller set in 1665 Against the backdrop of the Great Plague and the Subsequent witch hunts in England the Reckoning will star Charlotte Kirk, Sean Pertwee, Joe Anderson, Stephen Waddington, and Emma Campbell-Jones. So, uh, it's a vivid, compelling, and confrontational film whose themes and frighteningly Pertinent to today's concerns It will knock the wind out of you <laughs> So uh, yeah People be warned So also you will be able to see um, Chino Moyo's Underdog um, Yeah There's going to be um, Tizaki Barbara's um, which is it's an adaptation um, by Mac, Makoto Tezuka. Yeah, 
we will get that. Um, also, the curse of Audrey Ershaw from uh, Thomas Robert Lee. You know, there's going to be um, Sidraf Savini's um, A Nightmare Odyssey of Ritual Magic. So you can get that. As well as people, there is there is more trust. We have Brian Benito's The Dark and the Wicked. Um, John Hyman's Alone. We've got Yuji Shimamari's Crazy Samurai Mosiah. Eliza Kephart's Slacks. Um... You know, there is Yuvov Shamir's The Prophet and the Space Aliens. And, people, the festival is ending with The Legend of Barton Tue. This is from Kyle McNaughton. And um, it's an indigenous Kiwi martial arts action comedy. <laughs> so uh, yeah There is a lot People There is a lot to look forward to Okay So check the um, Information for details There will be a link And everything So uh, yeah Check out the um, the website For more information Of, of what is coming to the festival Because, um, you know There's going to be things like the John Carpenter Lifetime Achievement Award And Masterclass you know, There's going to be a tribute to Jose Mojoic Marines You know, it's jam-packed People, so Remember We have got The Fantasia International Film Festival Coming to you from the 20th of August to the uh, 2nd of September. And it's going to be covered here on Echo Chamber. Boom. Great stuff, right? Okay, people. So now we have finished with all of that. Let's get into this week's films. All right. So, uh, yeah, enjoy Okay, so I was looking for something to watch And I saw that uh, Superfly had hit Netflix I mean, At the point, I did think it was a completely new film So I was like, oh fuck, okay, I'll check it out You know what I mean? I later, after the fact, found out that No, it came out in 2018 But, uh, yeah, I completely missed it then <laughs> So... Yeah, like the it's a remake of the original, you know what I mean, that came out in 72. And it is <laughs> it's directed by Director X. That's what it says on the tin. Director X, which you know, yeah, find out is Julian Christian Lutz, who is a uh, you know, he's a Canadian. Um 
produced a ton of music videos. You know, he, you can definitely see that he was, you know, a protege of Hype Williams. You see that in his work, right? And Superfly was his third feature film. You know, I think he did what Across the Line and Center Stage beforehand. Um, so yeah, he directed this film. It was produced by Joel Silver and Future. Yeah. Future um I don't know if he's done any more, but yeah, I don't know. And what he actually did as a producer, I don't know. Yeah, because hey, certain titles, hey, they can go to you for many different reasons. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Right? Um, it was written by Alex Toos, Toos, T S E. I don't know. Um, I think he co-wrote the uh, Watchmen film. Um, and. You know, the the music is from Josh Ashley, cinematographies, Emir Mokri, you know, um, the film is starring Trevor Jackson as Priest, Jason Mitchell as Eddie, um, we've got Michelle, uh, sorry, Michael K. Williams as Scatter. Lex Scott Davis as Georgia, um, who is one of Priest's women. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, you know, we've also got Andrea Londo, who's Cynthia, another of Priest's women. Um, Jennifer Morrison, she's up in there. Uh, she's Detective Mason. Uh, yeah, you know, we've got a, a few different, you know, a few different people, some talented people up in the film. Um, a lot of, there's a lot of rappers, like Big Boy's in it. He plays Mayor Wendell Atkins. Um, and he's, and he's good. Like, yeah, <laughs> Big Boy is, he, he's good up in it. You know, uh, Kalen Walker is Juju, a member of Snow Patrol, which is like an awful name, an awful name. Ah, it's crazy. But um, yeah, you know, there's appearances from other rappers and singers, Sean Garrett, Rick Ross, you know. Just to name a few. So yeah, that that you know, the film is kind of riddled with like this. You know, the gist is um this, right? So when Priest, a young but experienced coke dealer in Atlanta, realizes it's time to get out of the trade, he risks it all on one last score, double crossing his mentor. Priest heads to Mexico to connect with the cartel that serves as the source of his product. But, hey, everything, um, you know, doesn't run smoothly. 
And, um, you know, we're kind of left with Priest trying to dig himself out of a huge hole that just seems to be collapsing around him. So, yeah, that's the film, right? And it's a remake of a classic film. A classic film that has a classic, you know, it's just a classic soundtrack. Curtis Mayfield, all of that. But it's not until 45 minutes in that we get a little, just a little taste of Pusher Man. You know, and then the original song, you know, Superfly. I think we get it at the very end. That's it. Which... It's a shame because nothing else kind of comes close to those two songs, right? And, you know, like the film itself, I kind of feel it is very stylish. It's very, very slick. You know, so it's everything that you kind of would expect from Director X. (laughs) You know what I mean? It, it like you think of his music videos, and this is the film that you imagine that person would direct. It's kind of like Belly in that regard, you know, the Hype Williams film, because that it looked good. Belly looked very good, it was stylish, it just wasn't great substance wise, and unfortunately. This suffers from the same thing, you know? So the film opens up with, um, you know, young blood having to kind of show he's the man, right? We, we have him, uh, like, getting his from a guy that owes him money, but in a way that's just not, you know, I mean, it's not laying hands on him. Right, he humiliates him with words. Right, so that's the kind of it's setting that tone. It's showing us this is who young blood is. Right, so we have that. Then we go into a strip club scene, and so we see like, you know, Snow Patrol. You know, we see how. Flash and brash they are You know, wanting to be centre stage But then we also see Like Juju And we see his Interest in Priest's girl And we see Like how that is kind of just Fueling him Right Then we get into an altercation which kind of spirals the film forward. But the problem is, everything, it's just very on the nose, right? And we've, we have, you know, Priest having to explain, like, why he did what he did. And how, how important it is. And like on all of this And it's just like yo You shouldn't have to do that Like it's clear 
it, it's clear from what we've seen. We don't need the explanation. But throughout, for some reason, you know, they figure that they've got to explain it. They've got to voice everything. Like, hey, I'm three steps ahead of you. I'm super smart. I understand. I'm always got the long game. And you're just like, look, this doesn't need to be said constantly. You know, by saying it, you're you're telling us that you're worried that the audience can't follow the film. And the film isn't hard to follow. So what the fuck are you saying to us here? You know what I mean? Like it's really condescending. Like as a narrative. It's just like, wait, no one would constantly say this. Like, a smart person doesn't have to just say to everyone constantly, hey, I'm super smart. Ah, did you know I'm super smart? Right, the only person who is doing that is an idiot, right? Or, or, or the person that's mad insecure about, like, their place in life. And that's what you feel this film is. It's just mad insecure about its place. How it's going to be perceived. So it's just like, hey, listen. No, 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 no. This isn't what you're seeing. This is a smart film. This is a film that's laying things. You know, you think we're going to go one way and then we're going to swerve you. Watch, watch. Pay attention, people. Pay attention. But it's just all, like, you see the situation with Snow Patrol, and you're just like, okay, some, right, that's going to get into something crazy, right? You see the, you know, the relationship between Priest and Eddie, and it's just like, hey, that's going to be something crazy, Right? We have Priest going to the, you know, the dude to put him on, Scatter, who's running the game. And it's just like their interaction. So you're just like, okay, like we know what's going to happen here. Like we see what's going to happen here. It's just way too, it's just way too obvious, man. You know? And then everything else that kind of goes from that, it's just a little, it's just way too obvious. Like, there's a situation at a barbershop that you think, wait, 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 wait. You dudes, you're gangsters, right? One of them sees a car go by real slow, and you just think, You'd understand, right? You would understand. You'd at least be like, yo, 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 hold up, people. Something, you know what I mean? You'd like, there would be something. Because you got the guy looking directly at the car. You know, the, the way the film is shot, they show us him looking directly at the car. But nothing. It's insane, right? Insane. You've got 
Priest and Eddie on this trip to Mexico that makes no sense. You're just like in no <laughs> in, you know what I mean in, in no fault of anything anyone would do this thing. Like it, it's just an, an insane situation. You're just like in this situation, people pushing this much weight. You're not going to trust someone that is, like, jumping over someone's head, coming into your territory, trying to, like, re-up a deal. It's just like, what? This makes no sense. It's crazy. But that's constantly, we're seeing, like, these things happen... That are just like, what? How would that work out? That it wouldn't work out like that, right? You don't even have to be in drugs for you to go. Hold on, this this wouldn't work. Like no one's trusting that person, or you know, this isn't because you've got friggin' juju going at. The, the dude that runs Snow Patrol, I forget his name, right, constantly, and it's just like, yo, in reality, the head dude is either smacking Juju, taking him out the picture, or, you know I mean, just going, alright, let's do this shit, right, it, it's just like, you're not gonna let this shit go on for the amount of time it's left to go on. And and that's the big problem. They they want to try and they think they're smart by setting up all of this stuff and going, oh yeah yeah yeah, we've got this long game and we're gonna do this and then we're gonna do that and oh look at us how we're laying things down. But you're just like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, what are you doing? And yeah, that's the big thing, man You know, that, that's just the big thing Like, it's, the film is just under two hours It's just under two hours And it feels, it feels those two hours, man It really does And a little bit more too There's a lot of that film You're just thinking, we don't need this You need to cut this shit out Like, it's just too much it's too much Like And this is the thing right You don't need a film that's constant Action, 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 action But you want a story That's gripping you That's immersing you You know where you've got empathy For people And that's the big thing about stuff like Casino and Scarface right Because they, they aren't good people you're good fellas, the godfather, none of these characters, they're not good people, but you kind of see the point of view, you kind of feel them, you understand them, so at points you're rooting for them, at no point in this film are you rooting for anyone, right, you're just, you're just not, because we have no debt. It's all surface level. It's all glitz and glam. 
You know, it's a music video. I mean, essentially, it's an extended music video. You know, all shiny and cool looking, but nothing more. You know, like these certain things happen. A fight happened between, you know, a wife and a mistress. And from that, you you know, like it's just two on the nose again. It's just like, okay, so obviously this is gonna, you know, make that person do like you you know what's gonna happen after every single thing. You know what I mean? That's it, you just know. And then at the like the film comes to an end. But they do, you know, they have to, it seems like they're really rushing to tie it up. You know, it all comes to a conclusion in what? I think, I kind of feel in the last 20 minutes kind of thing, you know? And it's just like, man, you really just had to condense all of that shit, it, it, it's just kind of crazy, you know what I mean, and it's a problem, right, it is a problem, now, it, it's not to say the acting is terrible, there's this acting that's pretty good, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, a, a lot of the acting is, is decent, like, um, Jennifer Morrison is Good, really good as Detective Mason You know Michael Williams Is great as Scatter He's not in it much But he's great as Scatter You know Jason Mitchell And Trevor Jackson As the two you know leads Eddie and um, you know Priest they're, they're not bad But we just don't we, we don't know enough about these characters We don't have enough to really care Or emphasise them You know, like Lex Davis is decent as Georgia And Andrea Londo is decent as Cynthia But again, these are just stereotypes Yo, you know that Cynthia is gonna be an issue Right? And just the way that kind of story, part of the storyline concludes, it's just like, <sighs> okay, so any second it's gonna go like this. You, it's just obvious. It's obvious, right? The special effects on they're kind of crazy. Like you've got these the fire. <laughs> like you have the special effects of fire That's just like Oh that looks so CGI So CGI Then you know A car explodes Just Way too You're just like wait that wouldn't Huh what are you doing here Right It's just like come on man Come on And I just want to point one thing out Right if you've got your characters all in white, right, all in white, and then they're in a room with fire, they're not going to come out with spot.
spotless white clothes. There's like just ash. Just the ash in the air from the fire. That's going to be on their clothes. Just think about just the little things like that. Come on. Just little things like that aren't considered. Like they hit every single stereotype in the book. Every single one. You know, it's just a film that's riddled with cliches. Riddled with cliches. And they want to, you know, throw in things like, oh, don't tell me about fake news. You've been living in America too long. It's just stuff like that. It's just like, oh, God. So corny, man. So corny. It's such a shame because the original film. Like, yes, it was a black exploitation film, but it had a charm about it. It had something. This, it's just cold. You know, there's no soul to it. Right? There's no soul. It's just stale. It's, it's a flashy, stale corpse. That's what this is. And it, it, it pains me to say that. Because you want it to be fun Like just Even if it was just fun And it's just not even that And it's like Ah damn it God damn it It could have just been one of those Guilty You know what I mean Just guilty things But it's it's just not even that Like this is Like that Puffy Scarface Prequel <laughs> you read know I mean? it kind of like that, really. Now, uh, I don't know. Listen, if you're a big fan of, you know, just those gangster type of things, right? Then maybe this is for you, you know? But I would say, yeah, like, if. You were a big fan of, um, you know, the Scarface prequel. I, I feel that is the benchmark for this. So if you enjoyed that, you will enjoy this, right? It's kind of like the um, the Shaft film that came out earlier in the year. You know, what I, mean? I I I kind of put it. On that kind of level of things Just mad on the nose Mad stereotypical Like the storyline is just Thinner than uh, balsa wood You know Thinner than crepe paper <laughs> But yeah, if you enjoy those Right Then hey This is your cup of tea You're going to dig it You are going to Feel it for sure, people. You know? So, uh, yeah, there it is. Superfly. It's um, new on Netflix. Hit at the end of last week. Right? So, um, yeah. You can check it out when you feel. Um, but, yeah. People, be warned. Okay? Okay, so Yes, God, Yes is the new film from Karen Mayne. Uh, so, 
She wrote and directed it And it's based on a short film that she made in 2017 Which got a lot of attention Loads of views So yeah, she made it into a um, feature film Which is her first Uh, So it debuted at South by Southwest And um, it is now going to be released in the UK On Monday the 17th of August Okay, so um, the film is starring Natalie Dyer Timothy Simmons Wolfgang Novagants Francesca Rail, Susan Blackwell, Parker Whirling, Alicia Boy, and Donna Lynn Champlin. The music is from Ian Hertzgitzt, and the cinematography is Todd Antonio Somba de Vililla. Uh, the gist of the film is this In the Midwest, In the early 2000s, 16-year-old Alice has always been a good Catholic girl. However, when an AOL chat room turns racy, she discovers masturbation and becomes guilt-ridden. Seeking redemption, she attempts to attend a mysterious religious retreat to try and suppress her urges. But... It is not easy, especially after a cute boy starts flirting with her. Bum, bum, bum. So, yeah, this this is definitely um, a play, a film that you know plays with that whole Catholic guilt idea. You know, we um, start off with a a teacher. Walking down the halls uh, Reprimanding people You know Like I think one boy isn't wearing a belt So yeah He gets into trouble A girl her skirt Is supposedly too short So yeah People are getting called up for A whole range of different things Um, And you can see that Alice's guilt because she's just thinking to herself, wait, what have I done wrong? What have I done wrong? She's looking at herself like, Arr. you know, and um, so from there she meets up with her, her good friend. Well, that's kind of actually she met with the best friend after going to a class and in the class, the, you know, the teacher who is um, a priest, a father. You know, he kind of hits on all those, you know, big points, right? So he tells the kids, you know, sex is forbidden. You know, even with yourself, God will always be watching. You know, if you do any of these things, you will go to hell. You know, just all of those Tools which the church use to try and control people So, you know, we're hit with all of those things, right? She then meets up with Laura um, And then we get to her at home 
And she goes on a computer It's dial up and all of that You know what I mean Remember those days right And uh, yeah she goes into a AOL chat And a guy private Well you assume it's a guy Because you know With those things No one knows who anyone is Right And she gets hit with a private message you know, and you can see this is the first time she's ever done anything like that Because, you know, when, like, she gets asked sex, age, location She has no clue what to say, right? She doesn't know what it means uh, He then asks for a photo, you know, I mean, just all this weird stuff And then he sends her images And it's these are the things that are kind of The catalyst for Alice The things that kind of send her On a spiralling path, let's say <laughs> So the film from that point on You know, it, it really kind of like it shows them on the way to church um, Then at school talking And you know people are saying things Like uh, I, you get the impression that she used to kind of hang out with a boy And now he's got a girlfriend And there's a rumour going around About tossing salads and she has no clue what this means Right, which is an ongoing thread throughout the film But they see some girls, well, mainly D-girl, Nina Right, um, and Nina is, I think that's the, the popular girl Right, the most popular one, the one that everyone wants to hang out with And be friends with and all of this And she's wearing this chain and they're talking, and we're like, oh, this is a chain. And then, oh, I think they get it when you go and do this weekend retreat. So Alice and Laura are just like, oh, fuck it, let's go to this retreat. They don't actually say, oh, fuck it, let's go, because they're good little Catholic girls, right? But they go on this retreat, you know, this. Programming What it you know essentially is uh, And Yeah it, it's, it's this thing Which You know all, all of these Kind of Games and Programs and just things To try and Bring you on board To what the church is You know be down with Abstinence and all of those things But as you can imagine You throw a load of 16 year olds In a place away from home It's not gonna be what it says in the tin <laughs> You know uh, and, and that's kind of the film Right, it's just... I think being told these things are bad And then realising, hold on These people that are very adamant about 
this stuff. They're doing this stuff. What? Huh? And that's the that's kind of the film, right? We're getting, you know, hit with this message over and over. Now, I I do think an issue is the film is sold as a comedy, right? This isn't really a comedy, you know? It's not funny. It's... What the film is, it's kind of... It reminds you of those incidents, right? Because when you're young, you're told that shit all the time. You know, oh, this is simple. Don't do that. That's bad. You know? And also... Sometimes people tell you things Or you hear things And you have no clue what the fuck they are Like tossing salads You know, and she's just like I don't, I don't know what that means But no one's telling her You know, I remember um, the, One of the big things Was when I was growing up Like people going on about like um, Oh yeah, I was at a You know, a Mars bar party With these girls last night I'm thinking, oh shit, wait, so you, you, you meet up and you just eat Mars bars? That sounds pretty great. That's not a Mars bar party. You know, but I had no clue what a Mars bar party was, you know? Uh, so yeah, that, that, I think that's the kind of thing you remember these incidents. You remember the kind of odd situations around sex. Because people, you know, People aren't really telling you. You're just kind of picking up on stuff and all of that. And you do notice a big amount of hypocrisy. A big amount of hypocrisy. So I think that is something this film does well. Like, it, it kind of keys into those things. It really kind of touches on the nuance around a lot of that. And I think especially when it comes to friends and all of that, how, you know, people will, you know, say later if the most popular person starts talking to them. Yeah, it's just all of those sort of crazy acts, right? And, um, yeah, Karen, you know, she does a great job at depicting this. You know, giving us insight into all of this. And that's great, you know. I think a thing, though, that we don't really get is... Like, we don't really get that much insight into who these people are. You know, like, look, we figure Alice is this not so much innocent... But just naive, you know? She just doesn't know about a lot of stuff, right? So we get that. But we don't really get too much insight into how she connects with all of these people, right? You kind of get the sense that she's, you know, the friend that doesn't say too much... And won't question what others say. But that's kind of it. So, 
without, you know, a lot of information, it's, you don't really emphasise with anyone, you know what I mean, like, you don't really care, like, what's gonna happen with her, like, if she gets caught or anything like that, don't really care, and it's, I think, when it comes to, like, this type of thing, right, sex, dealing with that, it's just the, I kind of feel like, I don't know, just, you know, it's just this chat that has turned her onto this thing, like, because there's a lot happening at that time, right, and you could say even maybe a year or two before that, you see a lot, you hear a lot, there's just a lot happening, so I think to, it would be, you know, I guess to show an idea that these things had been kind of floating around, you know, that she's just now seeing this actual picture, like, that's the light bulb, that's like, oh, that's what that is, or, oh, I get it, Right, that's why I've been feeling kind of funny there. Right, you know what I mean? It, it it's those sort of nuances that are kind of missed a little bit, you know. And it's, I, I guess it's it, it's a it's an interesting thing though because it's girls and guys are different when it comes to that. Now, look, everyone's horny. Right, so when people try and tell you, oh, girls aren't, oh, like, come on, let's stop fucking around, right, but it's, I guess it's, you know, there's different entries to these things, so maybe this is right, maybe, but, you know, I'm just kind of, I guess, thinking from, you know, my point of view, you know, that, yeah, it kind of, um, doesn't go far enough, I felt, right, and then, you know, at the end, like, these realisation points and all of this, these revelations, it's odd how they come, right, because especially with the fact that with so many people telling you one thing and you never question it, you never question it, But then all of a sudden, someone tells you something about college, and then you're just suddenly like, oh, you're just like, hmm, like, you don't really feel that she's that person who will change everything just on one person say so, right? You kind of get the sense that there needs to be more reinforcement of an idea before she's going to go with it. So there's that, and then I guess the the reaction to uh, Father Murphy, right? There's, you know, that. Because, trust me, when you have something like that, and you're going to drop it on someone, hey, you do it, you don't do it like that. You know, like, I mean, what? Again, I'm probably talking from my own kind of 
twisted sensibilities. But you can't, like, it's, it's not even saying that, you know, you drop it because, hey, and now you have to do this for me. But it's a kind of like, I know. So, yeah, stop your bullshit. So you're not going to then sit through that last bit, right? Because you just, you know, you just gave a call to action. You just said, I see your shit. Now, fuck off. That's essentially what was said. So why are you sitting there still? Right? That doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? But the acting is good. I, you know what I mean? I do definitely feel that the acting is, is very good here. You know, especially showing those kind of dual mindsets. Like we see from Alicia Boy, who plays Nina. I mean, the way that she can flip-flop. Again, like with um, Father Murphy, Timothy Simmons. You know, like, these are very good performances. Right? Francesca Rail, you know, her best friend. I think she plays that really well. So we get really good performances. It's just the film, it doesn't really change in its feel, right? It's just running at this one level and that's it, right? It doesn't kind of go up in intensity when certain things are seen or dropped down it's just in this one lane and that's it so it becomes a little bit monotonous yo it's not bad and it's fine but it just becomes a little monotonous which is a shame it's definitely a bit of a shame now i would say look if you like stuff like um Ladybird, I think that's probably a very good comparison. If you like Ladybird, then I feel you like this, right? It's as I said, it, it's not really a comedy. If you want more of a comedy take on this kind of thing, you probably just want to go back and watch. Uh, I think it's Saved. I believe it's Saved. Um, I think it's got Amy Adams in. Uh, someone like that, right? Um, now that was more of a comedy um, But you know Again if you liked Ladybird And you liked those kind of You know Easier kind of films This one fits into Into that vein Right but um, Yeah you can check it out on Monday That is when it's Available um, You'll be able to find it on all of your usual spots, iTunes, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Skyscore, Store, Virgin Media, you know, Rotten, all of those things. Um, there's a pre-order link for iTunes in the episode information as well. So, yeah, it's out on Monday, people. Yes, God, yes. If it's for you... Hey, have fun with it, man. And the trailer is in the info, so you can check that as well. Okay? Great stuff.
Okay, people, so we are reaching that time again. But before we bounce, let's see what's happening in the world of films. So, Netflix have just acquired three completed films, which isn't bad, right? They were all filmed last year. Uh, and they are um, Fear Street. Okay, so they're based on. The trilogy of books which were written by R.L. Stein. Uh, so um, the you know the films were made by Sherman Entertainment while they were still under the Fox banner. But when Disney purchased Fox last year, Sherman um, were let go, and uh, yeah, they signed a, a deal with um, Netflix. You know, so it kind of makes sense that these films would eventually follow. Uh, you know, so the plan is to release them next year, um, a month after each other, and um, yeah, the idea is to call uh, you know the three-month period the summer of fear. And it kind of makes sense because um, Netflix are already in the works of producing a new Goosebumps TV series. So, uh, yeah, you know, create a little R.L. Stein world, that's what I say. Now, in other news, uh, now, there's been talk about a Free Men and a Baby remake. And Zac Efron has just come on board to star in that film. It's uh, going straight to Disney Plus, um, and Will Reichel wrote the script. Gordon Gray is going to be producing, but we currently don't have a director, and they still need the other. Two male leads And I guess a baby (laughs) But uh, yeah We'll we'll see who else They get on board Because you know the original had three Big actors Tom Selleck, Steve Gutenberg And Ted Danson So um, yeah I wonder who they will get Hopefully not Adam Devine But uh, (laughs) we will see what happens With that now, um, yeah, some big things have been happening with um, book to film adaptations. So, if you are a fan of Elise Chapman's Caster novel, um, well, you'll be in luck because Paramount Pictures have just picked up the rights to the book to turn it into a film. Uh, now the story follows as a woo who knows that real magic is dangerous and illegal because it killed her sister Shia now Azza has to um, step in to try and save the legacy of woo teas the tea house that has been in her family for centuries so um, yeah we have that Akiva Goods, Goldsman, Barry Josephston, D. Matt Geller, Greg Lessons, 
Ailee Leeches and Catelyn Friedman are producing. Um, also, Roxanne Gay and Ming Doyle had a uh, graphic novel series out a few years back. I said a few years back, I think it came out last year, to tell you the truth. Uh, that was called The Banks. Well, um, TKO Studios, um, yeah, they just picked it up to turn it into a film. Uh, now, the, the graphic novels followed um, three generations of black female master thieves in Chicago. To avenge the loss of a loved one, the women must mend their differences to embark on a heist of a lifetime. And, um, yeah, Gay is actually going to um, write the script for the film. Uh, she's also on board to executive produce. So, uh, yeah, that could be interesting. I do like Gay's writing. Uh, some other news. Um, so... The life story of Mahala Jackson is going to be made into a film. Now, Jackson was a gospel singer and a civil rights activist. She, you know, she worked with Martin Luther King Jr. and John F. Kennedy on a lot of social initiatives. She was the first gospel singer to, um, you know, Perform at Carnegie Hall So um, Yeah man she was very Influential Now Jill Scott is going to be Playing her um, And One really good thing Is that they have Got um, Well they made a deal with her Family And uh, so yeah they've now got Access to all her musical Catalogue so we're going to have films like How I Got Over, Go Tell It on the Mountain, and Amazing Grace, which can be used in the film. Um, Richard Hucott, Mark Gould, and Trisha Woodget penned the script. Um, Queen Latifah, Jamie Foxx, Shaquem Compre. And Holly Carter are executive producing. In other news, so, um, yeah, this is pretty big. Martin Scorsese has just signed a multi film and TV first look deal with Apple. It kind of makes sense because, you know, his new film, um, Killers of the Flower Moon, that was picked up by Apple a few weeks back. So, uh, yeah, I can imagine that, you know, this deal was um, part of that situation. Uh, so, um, you know, Scorsese's Sikela Productions is um, now going to be based over at Apple and uh, yeah he's going to be churning out some uh, content for them 
so uh, that definitely you know gives a bit more weight to the Apple TV Plus platform and um, all the stuff that Apple are doing now this is um, interesting right because it has been talked about on and off for ages right there um, have been a lot of rumblings about you know what would have a um, you know a sequel to Tron Legacy been like you know what's the likelihood of that film to be made at one point the word was no chance whatsoever you know then recently um, there was a lot of talk saying that you know maybe down the line that could work well <laughs> down the line might be a little sooner than everyone thought because it seems that Gareth Davis has um, yeah he's been in talk with um, Disney about directing that film which is yeah it's crazy it like out of nowhere this seems nothing has been um, officially green lit as of yet but the fact that Davis's name is out there you know what I mean and you know it's now getting actively talked about it would seem that this is a likely thing right so um I don't know Jess Wig Wigatow has um written the most recent draft but no word is on um if Davis might wanna you know adapt it or completely rewrite it once he has been announced um you know and um Jared Leto I think he is still attached to Star And also produced the film So, um, yeah, this could be very interesting You know, because Tron Legacy wasn't bad And I think the ideas for the next film Was for it to break out of the game And to kind of step into the real world So, um, yeah, I don't know, man We'll see what happens But people that is us for this week so um if you saw elvis today hope you enjoyed it uh enjoy your film watching you know remember oh my god is out on monday no sorry yes god yes yes that is out on monday um yeah and enjoy your other films you might catch over the weekend and we will see you next thursday people all right So take it easy and peace.